Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are wonderful riches of, of poetry and language. There are wonderful sort of story types and wonderful characters uh, who, who, who are recognizable to us and, and show us aspects of, uh, of, of human life in different ways. I think one of the extraordinary things about Shakespeare is he's almost always seemed to be relevant. Different things have been relevant at different times, and so there are ways Shakespeare uh, can speak to us now because uh, the things he's talking about never went away or we've always been interested in them. Welcome to some of the richest poetry ever written. Welcome to some of the world's most enduring stories and characters. Welcome to Shakespeare for All. William Shakespeare was a playwright who lived and wrote in England in the late 16th and early 17th centuries. Today, 400 years later, his work is read and performed all around the world. In this audio series, we will introduce you to his life and work. In this first course, we look at Shakespeare and his time in history. In each later course, we look at one of his plays, guided by discussion with a top Shakespearean scholar. These courses won't assume you've already read the play, so you can use the course to enrich your understanding after reading the play, or as preparation before reading. We'll start by providing essential background, context, and a complete plot summary. Then we'll move into a discussion of the play's central themes, questions, characters, and elements of language. Finally, we'll listen to Shakespearean actors perform key speeches from the play and hear our featured scholars' analysis of that speech. This series is called Shakespeare for All because, whoever you are, this series is for you. Maybe you don't know a lot about Shakespeare. Maybe you think you don't know anything. But you do know the name. And for some reason, that name sparked your curiosity. Who is Shakespeare? What did he write about? Why is he so famous? In this introductory course, we're going to address these questions. We'll also discuss how to read Shakespeare and why. We'll look at strategies that will help you find your own interest and pleasure in the plays from your very first reading and explore what exactly makes these plays worth reading for a lifetime. To think about these questions, we spoke with some experts on Shakespeare. Hi, I'm Emma Smith. I'm Professor of Shakespeare Studies at the University of Oxford in the UK. According to Professor Smith, Shakespeare has continued to speak to readers and audiences through the years because his plays deal with things that time doesn't change. And so they resonate with the urgent issues of every age. So there are ways in which Shakespeare's plays are, uh, are relevant to us because they speak very specifically to things about our own, uh, our own time or our own moment. 
one of my favourite examples is there's a play about uh, the Trojan War, about about the classical uh, period discussed in the Iliad called Troilus and Cressida. It's never been a popular play. Uh, it may never have even been performed in Shakespeare's lifetime. Um, and we never really knew what to make of it. It's a play about... Um, uh, forces, two, two, two opposing forces locked in a war. Nobody really knows why it started. Nobody knows who's in the right. Nobody knows how they're going to get out of it. Um, it it's a cynical, uh, post-heroic kind of a play. We never, as I say, we never really understood what to do with it. And it was uh, American productions during the time of the Vietnam War, which really found this play and found the moment for it and found ways of understanding it. So Shakespeare's plays can come back to us at different times and and be suddenly relevant in ways uh, that that we hadn't anticipated. One reason Shakespeare's plays find such unexpected new meanings is that they've travelled so far from their original setting. Because Shakespeare was essentially England's national author, English people brought Shakespeare with them as they travelled around the world trading and establishing colonies. And they go with uh, the English language really across the globe uh, in some great ways, in some great uh, globalising ways, and in some more negative ways as part of uh, empire and, and, and the, the legacies of the way um, Britain tried to impose itself on, on different populations. So, so, so they, the, the plays ride along with um, the spread of in, the English language uh, across, across the globe. So there's lots of practical reasons how Shakespeare becomes Shakespeare, but there are some intrinsic ones too. I think the reason Shakespeare lends himself to all that travel is a kind of openness in his plays. I think Shakespeare was never that topical. And so because he was not particularly well-rooted in certain ways in the fashions of his own period, he's been more available to us um, in reading and thinking and creativity and performance and translation uh, ever since to to, to sort of remake uh, for different times and different places. And now Shakespeare is available to you, for you to read and think about and get creative with. That's how to think about starting your conversation with Shakespeare. Shakespeare's plays aren't a task to get through or a duty to perform. They're like a multiverse, dozens of different and exciting new worlds for you to chart your own way through, taking the paths that you find most interesting. You're not doing it for an exam. You're not doing it for a test. So you can pick and choose the bits that you enjoy and the bits that speak to you, the the kinds of plays or the kinds of characters or the kinds of moments. You can dip in and out for bits that seem, that have a kind of poetry that speak to you or have a kind of dynamic that speak to you. Um, So I think it is worth trying to um, find your own way, your own way to enjoy uh, Shakespeare. Beyond the play's wonderful characters and storylines, part of the great pleasure of Shakespeare lies in becoming connected to the thousands, the millions of other people who have also read his plays and found something in them that illuminates their own lives, however vastly different all those lives may be. Being part of a Shakespeare conversation is to be uh, is to speak across across countries and across times and to be in a kind of dialogue um, which is an extraordinary privilege you know people have been reading or performing a play like King Lear for centuries and we can we can kind of coincide with them over this shared ground 
You may find, of course, that Shakespeare's plays don't speak to certain things that are important to you, or that you disagree with what they say. That's okay too. We should approach Shakespeare like a person, not a god. We should talk with him, question him, argue with him, and make those arguments part of the vast global conversation that audiences and artists have been having with Shakespeare for centuries. Being able to join in that conversation can enrich your life, just as the plays can. And it's in that conversation, in the room with all of us, that Shakespeare really comes alive. Ultimately, I think the reason Shakespeare is so important and so worthwhile, and the reason I would urge you to have a, have a go, have a go in whatever way is available to you, is because I think, contrary to what we often assume about Shakespeare, this is a this is a body of writing which has got room for us. Um, so I've written a, b- a bit about a quality in Shakespeare which I call gappiness. And by gappiness, I mean uh, there's lots of ambiguity, there's lots of things that are not resolved, there's lots of questions that are asked and not answered. There are lots of um, holes in motivation or plotting or description or our sense of even what the, the action that happens. And these are all places for us to kind of get in there and complete the plays in a way that works now or works with our experience or our, our sense our sense of the world. I think for some people that's uh that that's a liberation. I hope that's a liberation. I think for other people it's um it feels it contradicts maybe ways they've thought about Shakespeare before that that Shakespeare there was a message in Shakespeare's plays and that our job is to try and find that message. Uh, and to work out what what he was trying to say to us, um, I I don't think that 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 isn't what Shakespeare is is like for me. That Shakespeare is not trying to send me a message, and it's not my job as an interpreter to work out what that message is. I think Shakespeare for me has created this spacious work with these kind of air holes in it that we can breathe in, we can think in, we can take part in and that the plays are only complete when when we are there uh, just I mean just like a play I guess only happens really if there's an audience I think the plays only happen if 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 we're there to 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 complete them so if you want to take part in the magic of Shakespeare, If you want to find ways to bring his plays to life for yourself, then keep listening.